shit that's going to be damning. <laughs> we can just edit it out. It's fine. We do, we do it all the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> damning shit all the time. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. Let me all right just, how's uh, my sound? Your oh, yeah, sound's good. Cussing or anything. That's fine. That yeah, it's fine. Right. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's, not it's not excessive. excessive. It's fine. Yeah, 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 it's, it's not, not excessive. excessive. It's just, just, just don't say the C word, the N word, any other words that we're not supposed to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just don't be a Jake Paul. Yeah, no <laughs> Just don't be a Jake Paul. He's being salty because he called out your boy, dude. Yes, I'm very salty that he called out Conor McGregor. Yo, Conor's got to respond. Dennis first. <laughs> How dare yeah, he? Save that for later. I want to bring it up. I want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I'll just start. I'll just intro. I'll pass it to Gabe, and Gabe's yeah. gonna introduce you, and we can get rolling. All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your weekly MMA habit, the only MMA podcast in the Philippines that matters. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. In between rounds with Gabe and Botch. But Gabe, we got a very special guest. Yes, we do. But before we get to our special guest, let me just say that in between rounds is the only Filipino podcast that matters as voted by our (laughs) closest friends and family. Always bring up but that stat, dude. I, I I I love that that bit that you brought up. Your weekly MMA habit. I love that. Yeah, let's That's do catchy. it. Is mm-hmm. that like? Did you just think of that just now? Was that? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Just, just let it fly off the off the dome. Yo, Dana. 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 Weekly this, MMA this shout it. out too. Like, this is it. This is the new MMA podcast in Asia. All right, anyway. big market. Yeah. <laughs> Untapped potential. <laughs> yes, but we do have a very special guest today. Today's episode is very, very special because of this man, currently at welterweight, former <laughs> co-host of one Warrior Series on YouTube, the most watched oh. YouTube fighter documentary in Asia. Let's go. I feel like that's factual. That might actually be factual. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. There you go. Everything you go. we say is factual. Gary. Everything we say <laughs> turns into a fact. And, you know, a good friend of mine for almost 10 years, um, wow. a legend in the MMA industry, whether he likes it or not. And, Ooh. of course, Rich Franklin's BFF. So oh. let me introduce to the 11 million viewers or listeners mm-hmm. to our good friend, Jonathan Fong. Woo! We do. You know, the awesome, the awesome thing is if we reach out to Rich right now, he'll validate that BFF title. There Let's we go. go. <laughs> Let's get him on the Zoom, son. <laughs> we have fact check. We got fact check. He, he has you on speed dial, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure yeah, they each other on speed dial. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, like, since, since, since uh, I left the company, like, I mean, we went from talking every day, but to, I mean, we still talk once in a while here and there. But mm. the, the humor and the banter is still there. Like, now we... Now instead of talking business, we just shit talk each other. And it's, oh wow! Like, that's awesome. With like, Rich yeah. Ace Franklin, oh my god, the guy's dude, a that's legend, the dream. Man. He's a legend. So like Jonathan, here, yeah, Jonathan. I mean, ooh, thank you for joining us on this podcast. The way me and Gabe started this out is we introduced ourselves to the fans. Well, how, how did you start this MMA journey of yours before going into one? How how deep is the MMA fanboy in you? Yeah, man. I mean, I started watching MMA. I remember. Actually, okay, if you want to go like way, way back. Let's go way back. We go way back. Okay, we go way Let's back. Let's go back in time. So we all, we all grew up watching WWE, and at the time it was WWF. Oh, and, yes, of uh, course. So, rest, so, you know, growing up with an older brother, growing up with older cousins, wrestling was always our thing until 
one day my uncle who I just learned not like I'm not even joking about this like less than a week ago that he was actually uh, a legend in the martial arts scene back during his day Whoa. Um, karate and all that but he, oh, wow. he, he so he introduced us to um, to MMA and I'll never forget he actually showed us the fight between um, um, Hoist Gracie and and Ken Shamrock classic um, yeah exactly and and i remember when I, I, I was so little at the time and i was like what is this bs like these guys are like hugging each other and <laughs> this and is real like, fighting this is yeah, real just, fighting i love yeah, how just, you knew bs when you were a kid like what is this bs yeah, it's not yeah. wf yeah I just, I just didn't understand i'm like yo where are the guys jumping off the top row yeah. where's where are the not tables getting, you're not getting ladders. the crowd involved there's no steel chair <laughs> clothes getting ripped off like people cuss like like flicking off the ceo and, and vince mcmahon like come on okay. and then yeah and then and then you know as as the years went on by you know just like everyone else as well we all caught that um that ufc event with uh but it was it was the finals for the Ultimate Fighter, the Stephen Ward oh, yes. fight, yes. which, by the way, my man Rich Franklin actually headlined that night and beat Ken Shamrock. Oh, uh, wow, that, same, that same evening, so he was he was the main event. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was the, the Stephen Bonner and the and the uh, Forrest Griffin, Griffin fight that, Forrest that, Griffin. That, that got me first into it. So fast forward years later, you know, I'm watching I'm watching uh, MMA, watching the UFC, and picked up the game all that, played on PlayStation, everything. Actually grew up with uh, Rich Franklin as one of my favorite fighters. Cause I remember that back then the, the, the lightweight, the light heavyweight division um, was pretty deep, right? You had guys like Vanderlei Silva, Vitor, um, and Anderson Silva, uh, what was that, Rampage, right? Yep. All those, all those dudes. Um, and so, and so it was a very, it was, it was like murderer's row very, very early yeah. on in that, and Shoga and those guys. Like, it, 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 so I was, whenever I was watching, I always saw these really- Future really Bellator stars. good fights. Yeah. All, <laughs> and they all, and they're all, and so many of them are Hall of Fame, but I guess there's, there's quite a few Hall of Famers on there. Yeah. If not, all, if, not all, if not all of them. And these guys were pioneers back then, right? So yeah. um, kept, going, kept going down that rabbit hole. I got to college. I was, in, I was, I was going to school in Boston. Mm-hmm. I had a really good friend of mine from uh, who was a was a transfer student from Australia who made it a habit of ours to go to the bar and watch every UFC pay per view event. Oh wow, Whoa. that's a good habit. Yeah, I know. And then so that's a good habit. And then at that point, I was like, man, you know, I could it would actually be really fun to 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 you know train and train and you martial arts. A good at habit. Point. Listening to this podcast is a good habit. Oh, Gabe with the promotion. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. You gotta, you gotta drop those in. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's that it's startup culture. You gotta keep dropping those in and keep reminding people. Exactly. It's the hustle. Or, or Dana, it's the hustle. Let's go, Dana. <laughs> All right, so you had your regular UFC habit. Yeah, we had the, we had the regular UFC uh, MMA habit. And, you know, I started looking around for a place to train, but it took me, I think, a year before I decided to eventually get into training. So I wanted to do Muay Thai. I already knew I wanted to do Muay Thai. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to get into it for a really stupid reason now that I look back at it. And the main reason was I was, when I was in the States, I was, I, you know, I was, I was trying to, um, go into investment banking and I did not want to have the experience of showing up to an interview with a black eye or cut on my face yeah. and no kidding. That was straight up the reason why I never, why it took me so long to get into it. But then eventually in 2013, 
uh, my junior year, I bit the bullet, uh, started training Muay Thai, and like I never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept, kept kept on training, did all that, moved back to the Philippines. I was train I was training here. Weren't um, you also trained by the same people that trained Rafael dos Anjos? Yo, that that you were right, the same that's academy. In, that's in Evolve, yeah. So uh, so Hafa Hafa is affiliated with um, with Evolve in Singapore. Boom. There you go. But the gym, the gym I was training at in Boston, the Muay Thai gym. So the UFC fighter out of there was actually John Howard. You guys remember John Howard Doomsday? Sounds familiar. Yeah, it does. Yeah. John Howard. Yeah. So basically, Wait. I think what Fong is trying to say is that he's ready for Dana White's Contender Series. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real he's just for ready. this episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if he's looking for a new host, I don't know about competing, man. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like those days are are are, are past. He's years. he's ready for the newest season of Tough. <laughs> so yeah man and then you know i i i, I so at the time I, I eventually moved to singapore um i'm working a job in investment banking and um i mean i still want to keep training right so a couple couple um couple of uh, uh blocks down from my office is evolve and I heard, I heard about Evolve because, I mean, I looked it up and all that. And they were doing a lot of marketing already at the time. And I actually had a friend who, who, who was training there. And he said, he said to go check it out. And so naturally, like, like you know, piqued my interest because you know, I go on the website and I see all the affiliations, you know, guys from uh, Hafa Dos Anjos, Angela Lee, Ben Askren, Shinya Aoki, and all these guys. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go check it out. And I was, and when I went there, it was just, I don't know, almost like love at first sight, essentially. I, like the, that's awesome. The, the gyms, the gym was super clean and everything, very professionally run. Um, all the students were super respectful. There was a culture, like a very no trash talk, kind of lifestyle lifestyle club type of atmosphere yeah. and all that. Um, that's great. It was it was very professionally run and something that I had not seen. Um, you know, whether training in, at the time in, in in Boston and then training here in Manila. No and Dylan so, Dennis types. No Conor Gabe McGregor is not types. interested then. <laughs> yeah, they show fighters up. only. They show up. They show up, man. I've yeah. been like I've been I, I've I've been on the mats when this one dude will come in and think thinks he's a shit, and they they, they will talk. Oh, they show they will, up. They will they will try to hurt people, and oh, the problem funny. is you can you can get you can get away with it, but then if one of the instructors sees you, oh, 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 you're oh. done. Tight oh. ship. I I like it. They watch out for their own, and they keep that culture yeah. uh, strict. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I, you. You also have like a certificate, right, or like some sort of certification that you were you were trained there, right? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we call it a certificate. I do have photos at the gym. Okay. Um, oh, that's more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture. <laughs> yeah. the gym. I mean, I, I, yeah. I had a, um, I had, a, I had a contract that I signed when I, when I became a member, but oh, they ripped, they, they ripped, they, I think they ripped that up when I joined uh, one championship because you know, oh, we, we, we got to train there. Um, Ooh, all right mm-hmm. okay but yeah so the funny thing was the, the so the reason i got my uh, the job at one championship um i noticed at the time one championship was making a lot of noise okay mm-hmm. this is like this is already in 2016 um they were making they were making a lot a lot of noise not just in like the regular media but also like in financial media advertising agents or not agencies, uh, media outlets like, like like advertising media outlets and all that mm-hmm. like basically just across the board and I was like, hey, you know what? Actually, pretty sick to, to to apply to a job here, and sent in an application. Nothing happened. Um, eventually, 
I, I decided to go the LinkedIn route and um, I saw a photo of one of the guys who I trained as actually, I, he was my regular sparring partner every Saturday morning. Wow. So, God bless LinkedIn, man. God yeah, bless. Link, dude, I'm telling you, guys, if you guys are not using LinkedIn out there, you are not doing it wrong. Yes, get off you. Snapchat, guys. Get on LinkedIn. The, things, <laughs> the door, like, honestly, the, like, I, I, I think social media is very useful and also very useless in, in a variety of ways. I'm telling yeah. you, the way it opens doors for certain people. To LinkedIn. I, I, I'm, I'm, have, eternal, I'm so, grateful. Gabe, have we tried contacting Dana through LinkedIn? Ooh, you know, Dana does not, there's no way he checks his LinkedIn. We'll there's see. No I'm going to check it. I'm going to check it. He's probably got someone else who checks his LinkedIn. That's true. That's true. Anyway, so. I know for a fact Dana White checks his DMs. <laughs> that, he, that he does. That he does. That, I, believe he, I believe he responds to comments. Yes, he does. He does. Particularly the more vulgar you are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but like um, we have this thing where every night at 9.45 p.m., I send Dana White a DM linking him to one of our posts for in between rounds on Instagram. That's persistence. Every night, no fail. Every night, That's no great. fail. Dude, that, that persistence will pay off. Yeah, someone, of course, someone, will someone will notice. Literally, pro- sure. it's probably going to happen while we're recording. I'm going to well, get yeah. the alarm. I'm going to send the DM and Dana White's going to full send that. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, man. It's persistence <laughs> is the key. Exactly. Let's go. Exactly. So you mentioned your sparring partner. You saw him that he is connected to, I believe, one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's the he's the director of events production um, out there. And so, you know, one one day after after sparring, you know, I hit him up and he was like, all right, well, you know, what do you want to do with one? And then told him about my background and all that. Next thing you know, I was having uh, I was having interviews with um, with my few at the time, my future bosses. And a few months later, I had a, I had a gig at one. And mm, that's awesome. The, inter- the, the interesting thing there was I remember that I was very very torn with the decision to leave because back then, right? I mean, I was working in investment banking. I just got out of I just got out of the Philippines doing equity research, and then I, right. I, I was doing uh, M and A in Singapore. So I was already on like that path that I had worked on, mm-hmm. you know, since since going going to university and all that. But then the day, the day I got my, uh, that offer letter, first of all, I was super happy when I got the offer letter. Of course. A um, couple hours later, I got the results of the CFA exam, which is like this finance exam um, that, mm-hmm. that, that people take. Um, there's three levels, so you take it over the course of three years every, every summer. And it's something that I'm not even kidding you. There's like a stack of books, like 3,000 pages. Yeah, yeah. It, takes, it takes anywhere from three to six months for people to study, right? Whoa. So I did, I did level one and all that. Like, like I'm super happy about, you know, getting, like passing that and everything. When I got the level two results the same day, like a couple, literally a couple hours after getting the, the offer from one, I felt nothing. Whoa. I, 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 I didn't feel a single thing, uh, like a, a drop of satisfaction or whatever. That same week, uh, the UFC was sold for $4 billion to WMEIMG. Yeah. Everybody remembers that. Also, also that same week, um, the Singapore government, government through Tomasic invested in one championship. So then for me, that sealed the deal. I, right, I, said, yeah. I, I said, this thing is, this thing from went in my mind, a low probability of being a rocket ship to a very high probability. And there's no way I wasn't going to get on that. Wow. So, of course. so that's, that's, that's why I jumped on it. 
Yeah. I love how mention, calculated that risk was. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you forgot to mention that the $4.2 billion was because of Conor McGregor. Let's not forget that. What year was that? 2016. Oh, yeah, dude. That was a huge year. Yeah, that was a huge year for I me. Mean, uh, OG Bruce. champ, champ. Champ, champ <laughs> status, son. <laughs> Always brings it up. Oh, yeah. That, actually, no, you're, you're right. He became a champ that year because I remember. Yes. So I, I remember I was in. He complained um, about there not being two belts ready for him after the fight. <laughs> right, right. He did that. He did that. No, he did I remember. I, re- I remember that was the year because remember he remember when he was scheduled to fight. So before he fought Eddie Alvarez, he was supposed to fight uh, Rafael Desanos. Right? Desanos, RDA. Yeah. And I and I saw before that fight got canceled, I saw RDA in Evolve. Oh yeah, dude, oh. you sent me that picture. Yeah, I sent you yeah, sent me I sent that picture. I sent, yeah, I sent you that photo, and I remember it. I talked I, I talked to RDA, and I told and I told him, I'm like, bro, you're 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 gonna you're gonna you're gonna, be gonna get a red panty night. Yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I won't. Yeah. I, I won't. I won't tell you what he said. About that. Okay. I won't tell you. Could you give us is like the context? Was it more of like he agreed with you, or he's like, what was it? it it'll 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 make game really upset. No, it's not so, gonna make me. Okay. Upset. <laughs> you know when Fong, when you Fong get... sent me the picture, I think my reply was hashtag and new. <laughs> you can t- tell us please because i know gabe's still That's upset because jake, paul, yeah, called, yeah, jake, no, whoa, jake whoa. paul called out his no, boy <laughs> but i'm, I'm no, pretty sure he just called him out he just probably said some mean things about connor you know yeah we were just i mean we were we were laugh- we had a good laugh about it there's nothing nothing yeah, yeah, personal yeah. or anything like that rda is a nice guy that that's yeah. a fight i still want to see i do too he's do back too. at 155 connor's coming back at 155 so it, it, it's a fight that makes sense narratively. It's- I actually liked RDA at 170 for a little bit, and then yeah, he, he tapered off. But those first what three or four yeah. months at, at 170, he, he looked yeah, good. it was good. He was good. Yeah, it was also I, like a cowboy. He was really good early on at 170. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think he just started fighting bigger welterweights. And yeah, 155 seems like it's home. And like you said, Connor is doing like a full lap. That's a that's a fight that we haven't been blessed with yet. So exactly. shifting back to Fong, he's so, gonna fight everyone that he called out at that press conference that day. Cowboy's done. Sanyos is next. <laughs> <laughs> he laid the groundwork, son. It's <laughs> it's that was, years that, was, that was hilarious. Actually, that now that I think back to it, man, those, that was classic. those press conferences were so it was iconic, dude. Amazing television. They're it, was, it was so good. It was so, it, was so, it was so entertaining, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and also, Fong, we do have a drinking game for our listeners. Every time I mention Conor McGregor, they have to take a shot. That's so, it's so much. That's 11 million so, drunk so, so people we, every week. So how many how many people even make it to the end of the show, then? They don't. No one. No one. They don't. They don't. <laughs> They're passed out. They're, like, they're KO'd. <laughs> they, get, they get a proper knockout zone. They're all doing the proper 12. We don't know anyone yet that's finished the show with Gabe uh, mentioning. <laughs> we looked at the stats. It's like, no, because they gave like the stats, like they taper off towards the middle. I'm like, how many times did he mention Connor here? Oh, they probably passed out. There we go. Yeah. They're, they're drunk. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to Fong. Um, so what was what were the first years like working at one? Because it's got to be a dream come true. Because um, yeah, the university. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, like MMA was, industry dream come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of things. A lot of things were coming together at the right time. Not not necessarily just for one championship, but just the entire MMA industry in in general. Um, 
Because yeah, that's when that, that was the time when Connor was literally at his peak. Maybe he had what I think no till 2017. 2017 was also a big yeah. Uh, big year as well. 2015 to 20 to 2017. Yeah, so it was yeah it was all all of that stuff was building up. So it was like right literally things were about to go parabolic. Yeah. Um, early years of one championship, we were still at the uh, the older office by the industrial sector. So if you look now like at what, where where the one championship offices are, they're in this really nice. Um, swanky office which yeah. i mean i was never in it much because we were always traveling and traveling doing right. thing and all yeah, that i but see then, that instagram ad for one where it's like a before and after yeah where it's like the, yeah. off, the first office and the new office so that wasn't even the first office that first office was literally like garage like a garage really like, like wow a, like a store like a storage room somewhere yeah the the, the photo you're oh, talking wow. about that was that was the the first office, and then I was in the second office, which went through an expansion phase. So mm-hmm. we got two office spaces in that um, in that building, and then the nice swanky offices they got they got right now. So back then there was like, I remember when I joined the company, I was the early years, or early by my standards. Obviously, there were people who were there way way earlier, right? Which I just started two thousand eleven. And so I got in, in 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 late 2016, and I was what employee? I was within like the first 50 employees, 50, 60 employees, something like that. Dang. And I sh- I, sh- I shit you not, there was there was a new hire, um, every other day at least. Whoa. And I would say I would say every every week there were seven to ten new people. Like I was I, I was I was the new I was the newest employee for a day. Jeez. Oh wow. Yeah. Like like. It, that's how it was, right? I mean, we, they were on a crazy fast pace fast, growth. It, yeah, they were a crazy hiring spree. Um, and so, you know, when I when when I was first brought on, I was uh, brought on to do sales, so corporate sales and sponsorship, focused on the Philippines. So I spent fifty percent of my time doing that. The other fifty percent, I was doing um, corporate finance projects for the CFO. Okay, because uh, mm-hmm. my finance background and all that. So. You know, I, I split my time between Singapore and the Philippines. When I was here, I was just doing sales stuff. And in Singapore, I was uh, helping out the CFO and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those those years, was a lot of, it was a lot of travel back, but mostly just the Philippines and, and Singapore. Um, I did go to some of the other countries when there were shows, but only if there was like a potential regional deal um, that we were working on. And I had, I had sales prospects in the, in the pipeline, whether it was in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Indonesia, but for the most part, I was really just doing like Singapore and Philippine events. Wow. Very cool. Okay. Very like, cool. Real fast pace. So I have to ask, like, when it comes to like your highlights, since it was so fast paced, do you have any? And what were they? Like y- your milestones in working at one? Well, that besides being Rich Franklin's best friend, BFF. Yeah. Oh, that's just, that's just, that's just my, uh, the, I basically the way I tell the story is I got two lives at one championship. That was my first life. Oh, okay. First life. Um, okay. Yeah, because the second life was one warrior series. So the, fir- the, fir- the first life, um, yeah, I mean, there, there were a lot of highlights. I, I remember, actually, now that I think about it, this, this should have been, um, this should have been like a, a, a sign already that I was going to end up hosting something, hosting a show. Cause, what yeah. was it? There was a, there was a, there there was an event in um, in Singapore, and you know when we do when they do the Singapore shows they 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 bring out 
all the lights, all the VIPs and everything, all the flash and all that, red carpet, paparazzi, the whole thing. And they needed someone to basically pull a Ryan Seacrest on the, on the, on, <laughs> okay. on the, red, on the red carpet. Imagine Ryan Seacrest over here. And so, and so I, I don't know how it happened. I remember I walked into the office one day and someone literally handed me a list and they said, here's a list of the VIPs that are coming in. You're going to interview them as they're coming in. Find out all you can. Ask interesting questions. Good luck. How did they scout you out to do this job? Like, did you host the Christmas party? Did you? No, not even. That's a, that's the thing. I was literally, dude, I was four months, five months into the job. Wow. No, less, less. Three. Three months. Yeah. At the time, I was, I was like three months into the job. Hawk just like, that should have been me. No. Just, yeah. <laughs> no. That should have been me. <laughs> I don't look like Ryan Seacrest, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, neither, neither, neither do I. So, well, I, clearly, clearly, that's not the criteria. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I mean, dude, you know they put one warrior on Philippine TV. Potch, they put they that did. on Philippine. Yeah, yeah, TV. I, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, they showed it. They showed it um, regionally. So a lot of uh, free to air and some cable networks. So, funny enough, here's a fun fact. Can you guess which country was our uh, had some of our best viewership? Mm. Had had it's most. Not, it's not the Philippines. It's not the Philippines. Had the most viewership. Had the most viewership. Yeah, had the best. Yeah, the best viewership. Indonesia. Japan. No. India. Yes. Yes, because really? I saw I saw an episode. Yeah, it looked pretty intense when you guys were there. Dude, we weren't even in India at the time. The, oh, really? The, the, the reason we shot the episodes mm-hmm. in India was because of the amount of interest we were getting from the, oh. the, the audience there. Really? So then we said, okay, now we got to go to India. We got to find some fighters wow, out there. Wow, that's crazy. In India. So <laughs> you guys had to go because of the surgeons of viewers. Wow, that's... Yeah, you didn't well, have I mean, it made sense. It, yeah. made, it, made, it, made, it made sense for us. And also, like, I mean, one championship also wanted to penetrate the, the Indian market. Like, now they're, they're mm-hmm. doing a lot more um, with, with Indian <laughs> athletes. So it made sense for us to also go in and and see what we can find there in terms of nice i feel like you and rich just saw the stats and looked Mm -hmm. at each other and went like i guess we're going to india (laughs) yeah see that's the that was the cool that was the cool thing about the show we had pretty much full control Mm -hmm. of the the entire project um everything from the scouting to where we went to what we shot like it was like pretty much like they just gave it like we just got guidelines and a budget and they said just operate within these parameters and go make a good show and go find good talent that was it you know it was crazy fucking awesome i actually think i almost ran into you because i worked with yeah i worked with armin because i used to work at a co-working space and he had to go into a space one time and i met him and then he was like saying oh yeah maybe this could be like a thing where we like get a co-working space pass for for one here or something so i don't know with who Armand, Armand, Armand. Yeah, like my, like my producer. I think so. I, I remember working with an Armand. Like he rented, really? a, yeah, I, he rented a co-working space and he was editing videos and he was like one. So I, I cracked up conversation with him. Oh yeah, like, dude, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I remember because he sent he sent me the budget for that. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. What and I almost bumped into you. <laughs> what a MMA small world, small man. Well, dude, I mean, our whole our whole production crew is Filipino. Oh, there you go. So yeah, small world. We almost bumped into each other. That was quite weird. In 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 your time in the one uh, warrior series, what was the most like? 
what was your favorite part about it? Was there a certain country that you like? Was there a certain like um, culture that really impacted you deeply while you were looking for these fighters? Yeah, there's a, the funny thing about One Warrior series is that there was actually a time where we were on the road so much and did so many things that it all kind of blended and became the same thing. But when I actually sit down and think about like each of the different trips, all of them were special and all of them had their own highlights wow. and, and some low lights, some low lights for oh, sure. For sure. Um, but then each one was just so unique and that just really speaks to kind of how big the world is and how much you really yeah. don't know what you don't know until you get into those exactly. places. I mean, it's different. It's different, I guess, like, let's say, you know, places like Tokyo where we go multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously that culture has used tackle a different aspect of that culture. Um, but in terms of things that really, I guess, stood out to me, I would say the top, top three that, mm-hmm. that, that were really just mind-blowing because I'd never seen anything like it before. Um, I would say, and not, not in any particular order. Oh, for sure. Mi- Myanmar, Mongolia, and Pakistan. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Why those countries? So in, in Myanmar, Myanmar was interesting because, I mean, if you look at recent history of Myanmar, it, it kind of just started opening up to the world. So, you know, you have a lot of like these, these foreign companies trying to make investments and, and, and take advantage of the, the growth of Myanmar since now it's, it's, it's just opening up. Uh-huh. But as a result of that, if you look outside of Yangon, outside of those, the, those major cities, most of the place is completely untouched. So we had this, we had this one fighter um, who he's, he, he's Burmese, but he uh, trains out of Bali. And then for an episode, we actually brought him back to um, his town, which mm-hmm. was, so we, we, we got the Yangon and then we drove, what, something like seven hours to one city, slept overnight, and then drove like another two or three hours out to his town. And mm-hmm. This place had maybe like 40 houses. Um, and, you know, every, it's one of those towns where it's like, it's just in the middle of nowhere, self-sustaining. Everyone is like someone's cousin or uncle on that kind of thing. <laughs> Sounds like Manila. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and except without, without any of the foreigners, because I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like when, when we got there, everyone was looking at us wide-eyed and I asked them, like, 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 what's up? And they said, I've never that, met Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> not just not Ryan Seacrest, man. They had never, they had never seen foreigners in their lives in person. They had never Jesus. had a foreigner set foot, set foot in their town. Wow. Um, That's a crazy dude. Yeah. Like there, it, it, it's crazy. Cause I feel like there are some places like I, Untouched. I feel like, the, I feel like the one warrior series crew has seen more of Myanmar than most like Burmese people. Like that's, wow. that's how, that's how, you know, crazy was out there and that's then, incredible mm-hmm. yeah and then um mongolia i mean mongolia i've got plenty to say about mongolia everything from the horses to the food to the, <laughs> but how, to the how crazy how, how crazy is that guy from mongolia who knew about the fighting that's so crazy considering they had never been exposed to in mongolia oh mongolia's yeah. got a, I, mongolia mongolia. no i think myanmar yeah in myanmar how were they exposed to fighting or oh that's me Oh right, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Left way is a national sport. Everyone, everyone there does left way, and left way to the Burmese is like what Muay Thai is to, to Thai people. Thai, it's, reli- wow. it's religion. Wow. Okay. 
That's like, crazy. Do you, like, you guys know Dave LaDuke? I'm sure you yes. Know yeah. Dave LaDuke. Mm-hmm. Dude, Dave LaDuke is like a national hero in, in Myanmar. Myanmar. Oh my God. Really? You guys, yeah. Like, it, like I, I didn't know this. I thought that maybe the Burmese people would kind of see him as, oh, this foreigner kind of taking on our uh, 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 culture and then, you know, like beating our heroes and all that. Because he beat, basically, he beats everyone. Right? Mm-hmm. All, all the national uh, left-way heroes for, for, for the Burmese. No, man, he became, he, he's immersed in the culture. He's got like the tattoos on his legs and all that. He does all the signals. And his, awesome. his, his wedding was on national television in Myanmar. Wow. That's he's crazy. a cult. He's a cult. He's the icon. Oh my yeah. God. He's an icon. He's, he's, an icon. He's, a, he's Like, I mean, I've, I've seen him do interviews and all that stuff. Like he's, he's a, he's a cool guy, man. He's a really Jeez. cool guy. I would, I, I would like to meet him and hang out with that guy. Man, Letway is insane when you we watch get it. Him on the pod. It looks so. Yeah. <laughs> we got. We'll get that podcast. Myanmar audience, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's legit. It's legit, man. If you guys, I mean, if, if you guys next time, next time you're in a, um, next time you're in the gym, hit a one-two and try to follow it up with a headbutt. Head? Yeah, oh my god, dude. That's crazy. It just, that's dude, because it com- it completely changes the way you fight, right? Because oh, for like, sure. Yeah, because like you know, you can't, you can't. Like these guys, they'll lead with their head. Mm-hmm. right and it's like you, it, it, it's different you can't like you know it, when, when you throw like a one two and then duck and move your head under in a certain way because that their, their head will be coming right for you dude and like they're, so they're not crazy. shy about throwing their head butt so it's, it, it's, it'll it's change totally the different. game you can't hold you can't do plums anymore you can't press up against the cage they, the head butt would change the game that would change yeah the game. it's not just that as well i mean i don't know if you guys are familiar with the are you guys familiar with the knockout system or like how how, how they call fights in that way no, How? I'm not familiar. Actually, so so basically, if someone gets uh, knocked down, mm-hmm. you have. I, I'm probably getting this wrong, but correct me later on in the show notes or whatever. But you have something like a minute to revive mm-hmm. your guy. Uh-huh. Mm. So basically, the fight isn't over until someone gets totally knocked out. Whoa! Right? Oh, a minute is um, a long time. This is, this is like like original leftway rules. Since yeah. then, there's there's a new organization called WLC World Leftway Championship, which has changed the rules and made it a little bit friendlier. Mm-hmm. But like traditional leftway, the fight does not end until there's a uh, there's a there's a knock. Or sorry, the fight can only end in either either a draw or a knockout. There is no there is no point system. But then, no. if someone gets knocked down, yeah. you have something like a minute to revive to revive the guy, and he can keep fighting. It's almost okay. like it fighting says- to the death almost sort of there is no point system left way the only way to win is by knockout or because of an injury to the inability to fight anymore at the end of the match if two fighters are still standing the fight is declared a draw this ensures that fighters always give a hundred percent and tries to finish the fight wow that's yeah be killed mentality so uh the knockout uh falls (laughs) to the floor remember who said that what (laughs) killed or be killed killed be killed (laughs) Defend himself within 20 seconds. 10 counts with one count for every two seconds. There must be... Oh, my God. Oh, it's 20 seconds. That's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, you can actually... you If you go online, you can see videos of people trying to revive their guy and get them back into the fight. That's crazy. Let way, That's crazy. man. That's a brutal science, though. That's so, crazy. Like, I, I don't know much about this particular martial art. So, is there... There's punching and kicking and headbutting in left way. Yeah, so it's okay. So basically, it's like Muay Thai, except like add, Muay Thai. The, add the headbutts from from a headbutt. from a technique perspective. Okay, right? that means we, okay. we just talked about like the rule sets with regards to scoring, or mm-hmm. rather lack lack right. of scoring. Right, um, how you want to fight. <laughs> the mm-hmm. other the, the other big, 
the other big thing is that it actually it is like blood sport. So you do not wear uh, gloves. Yeah, you don't. It's yeah, you just wear the like gauze tapes. Yeah, you gauze. That's gauze allowed. Tapes. Fighters must only wear tape, gauze, and electrical tape on their hands and feet. Wow. That is fascinating. Fighters must wear groin protectors and must wear gum shield. That's the only protection they have. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Dude, these guys, when they stand and bang, it is ridiculous. What's the most violent knockout you've seen? Sorry, I just have to ask. Sage Northcutt. Oh, Jesus Ooh. Christ. That's not even in left word. But yeah, I was that's gonna say, violent. I was going to say Ben Askin versus George Masvidal, but hey. Sage Northcutt is a good one. No, because no, no, Sage Northcutt, I was right there. Oh my God! You oh, were. You were right you there. You were. Oh Jesus yeah, I Christ! I, I, I was. I, I was cage side, and literally I, I, after that happened, you could you could hear a pin drop. Oh my God! Oh I was telling God. Gabe this that that was one of the first fights I introduced my girlfriend to. I'm like, no, she's oh, good. No. He's good. And she was like, I'm never watching this again. This is horrible. That's like not the best. I didn't know he was gonna get that. Oh God! He's from the UFC. He's from the UFC. Ugh, gets knocked out. Yeah, I thought, I thought I thought I thought he was gonna shoot for a takedown, and then when he was standing up, and Gos- dude, Gosmo's like a—he's a world champion kickboxer. Yeah, man. You don't, dude, you don't you don't you don't get more elite than than Cosmo, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He just was... walked right into it. Boom. So was that was Sage Northcut more of an experiment for one, or did you guys really believe that he could be like a world champion? Asking the hard questions already, Gabe. I love I it. Mean, no, 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 I'm curious. I'm <laughs> yeah. curious. No, see, look, look, Sage, dude, Sage had a really good run in the UFC. He did. He did. How, he how, did. How, many wins, how many wins did he have? Let me bring it up. He's going to pull that up. The young Jamie is going to pull right? that up. Yeah, let me let me bring that up for you, Jamie. Yeah. Jamie. Keep talking, though. Never look, and I mean, look, Sage, Sage Northcutt. He had a very good he's a, he's a really, Dude, he's a really good athlete. Like, yeah, I mean, man. you've seen, you, you, you've Physical seen this guy where he performs and all that. Yeah, and he's got... And he's got, he's, you know, he, he ticks all the boxes from a marketing perspective. Good looking kid. Yes. He's built like, yes. built like a cyborg. Yes. He's also, I mean, I swear to God, this guy mm-hmm. espouses the, the, the values that, that one job. One, yeah, yeah, exactly. Very polite. Dude, this guy, he's the kind of, okay, this is the way I describe the Sage Northcutt. Yeah. So I met him once. I met him once. And he said, sir, to me at least like 10 times. In wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Sentences. And, He's the kind of guy who's like, okay, let's say you're in like you're in high school or you're in college, and then you see like this Amber Crabby looking dude, and you're like, that guy's a douchebag. I hate that guy. All that stuff, dude. You could Turns not out. say a bad he's thing mega about nice. guy. Yeah, so, so he so seems nice. like a nice guy. Dude, he's, he's from nice. Sacramento. Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. So just to answer your question, he lost two out of his eight UFC fights. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, that's two? not bad. Yeah. Did he leave the UFC for one or was he cut, Poch? I don't, he didn't, he didn't look, he, before he left the UFC, he, his last four, he, the last four fights, he won three of them. So just reading up on this, uh, I feel like his last fight in the UFC was against Mickey Gall, right? It was with Zach Otto, Otto, Mickey Gall, he lost. He won, the Zach, he won the Zach Otto fight. Yeah, he did. He won that, so that one. So that, so that Zach Otto fight, I remember watching that fight. He was actually in, uh, in quite a bit of trouble, but he, he won a decision. Is that right? Yeah, he did. He won. Yeah. Oh, no. He won via KO punch. Oh, KO sorry. Punches, yeah. yeah, sorry. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, so he was going to... I think he was on track to lose a decision. Mm. If I remember that fight correctly. And then he, uh, he managed to knock him out. Yep. 
That's interesting. On November 26, 2018, Dana White confirmed on the UFC Unfiltered that the UFC did not opt to renew Sage Norcutt's Mm. contract. Uh, White stated reasons claiming Sage is young and Sage needs some work. Let him get some work with other organizations and we'll see where this kid ends up in a couple of years. Maybe we'll pick him up back again soon. All right. Okay. Dana. Dana with Mm -hmm. a big hammer. And for a little bit of context, it's everyone listening. Sage Northcutt was a very young MMA fighter that was recruited very early on by the UFC. Oh, yeah. I think he came in, he had his first fight in the UFC at 19 years old. Um, Had a spectacular debut. Mm -hmm. Um, The best anyone could have hoped for. I think he knocked the guy out by TKO in like 54 seconds. Um, But after that, he was never the same. Because they, yeah. they, they picked him up in uh, looking for a fight. Uh, yes, Dana, was with, Dana was with Matt Sarah. They were in Alaska. Yeah. And that's where, he, that's where they saw Sage. He, he probably, Dana probably saw the same thing you just described as like, you know, marketable, mm-hmm. very polite, physical specimen. I mean, how can you not want someone that looks like Sage in your organization? Amazing raw talent. Yes, exactly. But I mean, there are, I mean, when, when you watch him compete against um, some more experienced fighters, yeah. Uh, particularly in the gra- in the in, in the grappling department. Like mm. the thing is, like you know, when you're strong and explosive and fast, and you have all these physical attributes, it'll only get you so far yeah. when you reach a certain uh, yeah. s- level of uh, fighters with certain levels in the game, right? And right, slow down and your th- pace. Like this, yeah, and this is this is you see this in especially in sports like jujitsu where you don't have the fastest and the most athletic or the strongest, most explosive guys uh, winning matches. No, it's the guys who are the most technical mm-hmm. know how to know how to use their, uh, their attributes to their advantage. Right. So yeah. while we're in this topic of, um, yeah, Sage Nordcut, is there any fighter at um, the one, one fighter series that really impressed you? I mean, you, you say you still watch your boys, right? Is there any? Oh, you mean from one, one Warrior series? One Warrior series, yeah, one Warrior series, my bad. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say our top guy, okay, well, I, I have a few. And I'm by, mind you, I'm super biased with, with my picks because I've actually spent time on the road with these guys. Mm. Like, a lot, like a lot of times, like I've, I've gone in and met their families. Wow. Like okay. I, I'll hold like this one dude from Mongolia. I'll talk about him later. Shine. I think mm. I don't know if I sent you this, this, this guy gave the boxer. Um, I feel like, like you amazing, did. I feel like you did. The guy with like ridiculous knockout power. Oh my um, God. But like I like I like I, like I've seen his kid, right? Mm-hmm. I got oh I got God. Like, his, wow. his his wife gave me like a haircut. Like I've I've spent Yo. time with them. Yeah, I've spent like I'm, this is all for the show, right? So I mean I've spent a lot of time with them. So they're I, you know that's amazing. Man. I have a, yeah. I have a very soft spot for these guys, and it's cool. Yeah. It's like I get to see you know what you guys see are the athletes and what they're like. Yeah, you know the, the time you see them outside is like only on their social media or when mm-hmm. they're doing a press conference yeah. or something like that. Like I saw these guys literally with their guards completely down. Yeah, you're seeing mm-hmm. them in your in their most intimate moments. Yeah, Can I... and, it's, and it's also before they also make it to the big show. Because remember, these guys are in one Warrior Series before they get to one yeah. championship. In one championship, they're already making the big bucks. They're already big stars. They've got they already have a following. We're seeing guys who are trying to make it so out you've, of the field. You've literally changed these people's lives. That's pretty much what you've done. Yeah, like there's you've altered a... their course. There's this, yeah, there's, there's this one girl, um, Sam Fairtex. And, oh my God. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know about yeah. Stan? Uh, yeah, my brother's a big fan. Dude, okay, so, educate me. Yeah, so Stan, so Stan Fairtex, um, she, she just recently lost uh, her, it was either the Muay Thai or the kickboxing belt. But mm-hmm. um, for a good, I think at least a year, she was um, the women's Adam weight. Um, yeah, she was dominant. Yep. Kickboxing champion. Mm-hmm. And so Stan actually came through the One Warrior Series program. So it was no no bullshit. Our very first day filming on the road, our first stop is Bangkok. And we hold huge tryouts, huge tryouts. Um, and we have people flying in. We had people coming in from Phuket, people coming in from Chiang Mai, obviously the locals from Bangkok. We had people fly in. We had one guy flying from India. To, to wow. This is the first time we ever announced anything. It's like, hey, Rich Franklin, the One Warrior Series crew coming to town and we're recruiting fighters. And I remember when we had two batches of people. We had, so what we do, the way we set up trials back then is we had two people going on and, and, and working out. Um, and the, the next group that was going to try out next would, would kind of be out back. Out, out, out mm-hmm. And while this group was trying out, we could just hear in the background, wah, 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 wah. And, mm-hmm. and we're like, what? What the hell is going on there? And we totally forget about who's throwing these bombs. Mm -hmm. And it's Stan. Whoa. And so, and so, so, you know, we go through the track. This group goes down and then stamp us up, and literally all our eyes, our jaws are dropped. We're like, me and Rich are like, yo, this girl is real. She's special, dude. Even Gabe, she has awesome entrances too, dude. Really? (laughs) Yeah, she's super, she mar- super, super, super marketable and everything. Yeah, check this out. She shows yeah, up. Yeah, she's a cute girl and she's a great, great Muay Thai fighter. So the so gets even better. She's single. Her, she also, <laughs> oh, not, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> no, no. Or she might be, I don't know. Um, but she, We're going to do some fact checking after this. <laughs> yeah, so when, she, so when she was young, there was a, a documentary done on, um, on, uh, prize fighting children in Thailand. She must have been, I think, nine years old at the time. Are you serious? Oh, she's a prodigy. Okay. Yeah, so it's called Buffalo Girls. And this uh-huh. document, this documentary followed the story of two girls and Stamp was one of them. So Stamp has been fighting Muay Thai since she was like nine years old, earning for her family. And that's crazy. Her, 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 her dad used to be a Muay Thai fighter. And Correct me if I'm wrong. Fairtex, isn't that the brand of Muay Thai apparel? It, it is, but it's also the gym. So you know how the Muay Thai fighters still adopt the, 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 the gym name as like mm-hmm. their last name? Right? Yeah. Um, really? They do that? Yeah, they, yeah. Really did that. Yeah, they do that. So when you so if you look at a lot of the fighters uh, coming out of Fairtex, it'll it'll have their name and then Fairtex. So mm-hmm. even a guy like, okay, one of our other fighters, uh, he's actually a Filipino guy based out of New Zealand, but fights in in, in, uh, in in Pattaya, where Fairtex is located. His name is Mark Abelardo. So his fight name is Mark Fairtex Abelardo. Oh, so Fairtex isn't her. She just adopted that name then. She adopted the name, yeah. I think her... So my fight name would be Gabe Elordi. Yeah, it would be Gabe No, it would be Gabe McGregor. It would be Gabe Elordi Fight Factory Makati. You still train out of Fight Factory? No, 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 I don't, I don't. I'm actually <laughs> waiting for the boxing gym in in Alabang to open. Lorde. You should come over, man. Okay. It, yeah, they have man, really good trainers there. It's super affordable. 
And by affordable, I mean super cheap. Yeah. No, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like I love, I love, we get, I love it, Lord. I love it, Lord. Man. Yeah, I love it, Lord. Yeah. Lord, Lord, Lord is good friends with us. Oh, really? Hey. Really? Oh, there we yeah, go. We, we used, yeah, because we used to work. We used to work with. Um, well, like when I say we, I mean like one. Yeah, of course. Right? One. Yeah. We used to work with the Lord, and then when we did when we did our tryouts in the Philippines, uh, we did. We did it at the nice, you know, the nice Alorda, the one that's in uh, Paranaque, in Sukat. The one in Sukat, yeah. That's, yeah, like that's the, the, the main one. one. The, yeah, the one where you go down the basement. Oh, yeah, that's the, the yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, hardcore so, one. Yeah, so that's where we did. Uh, that's where champions our, are made. Yeah, that's where we did our tryouts. Wow. Oh, nice. For, that is uh, literally where champions are made, though. The most champions come out of that specific branch. Dang. Yeah, that's, that legit, is like, that's the one. That's the Alorda branch. Yeah, yeah, it's legit. Those, tra- those trainers there are legit, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's so awesome. back to stamp. Yeah. So stamp. stamp. Um, well, yeah. So the, the the crazy thing is like once we, once we once we did like her episode and all that stuff, and then she eventually competed in, uh, in our organization. Well, the funny thing was they initially they you know the guy said like okay you know what like Fairtex guys they said look she you know we know she's really good striking and all that and she's but we still want to we still want to give her some time to develop and allow her to do uh, you know work work on her MMA. And we're like yeah sure no problem like that's that, that's fine with us. And at the time we weren't doing Muay Thai fights yet. Like now one mm-hmm. champion has one super series where they could do Muay Thai kickboxing fights. Um, at the time we were still only doing MMA. So we're like yeah sure that's fine. You know we'll we'll keep it shelf for a bit. So we signed Stamp. Um, I think in December of 2017. We didn't get to see her fight until I think six months later roughly mm. and i mean the whole time we were excited to see her right her oh, first sure. fight her first fight um you know touch gloves and everything comes right out uh first like three four seconds throws a leg kick and like five seconds later throws a head kick bang clocks a girl in the face call the fight oh for sure dude that's down and then the next- ask for a better debut and then the next the next day, one championship said, "Hey guys, we're calling Stamp up." And we're like, "No, no, 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 no! We didn't want to let her go yet, right?" And mm-hmm. they called they called her up. And by October of that year, uh, she was already a Muay Thai world champion. So within you know you you guys talk about like changing people's lives and what, what yeah. we did and all that stuff. Within nine months of picking her up, she had enough money to really just change the lives of all our friends. That's fantastic. That is That's a great awesome, story. Dude. There was, there was, there was like a huge parade from her, for her at her, at her hometown in Rayong and all that. We, wow. didn't, get to catch, we, we didn't get to catch it on film, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, wow. when, I, when, when, when I think about, cause like you gotta understand also, like, I mean, for every, for every stamp, we see like 20 guys who don't make it. Right. And like people who, yeah. And you, you have people who are, people who are, you know, really putting like all of their, all, yeah. all everything they got, people who are even traveling like halfway across the world for a trial, yeah. you know, things like that. And they don't, they don't make it. And that's just the name of the game, man. Like it's, yeah. it's hard. But then for those who do make it, like there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And for, for the stamps out there, like they, they, they get a life-changing experience. They get to do what they love and all that. And you have, there's footage of Stamp like winning her title and then running up to the stands that night and celebrating with her father, who was her Muay Thai coach. Oh, ever wow. Every time she was a kid and all that. And, and it's, it's funny because it's the stories that you actually don't see. 
Like the, the, yeah. the public never hears yeah. this stuff. And I wish that it's not just one championship that does this. This happens in every organization out there, right? Um, and I'm sure it happens in the UFC and Bellator and, and, mm-hmm. and BFL and all that. But those stories are the human stories that I think would actually really get people much more engaged in what they're watching. Like, yeah. yes, you have all the drama and then all like the, the yeah. I mean, obviously the actual action, which is really engaging. But then you also have the mainstream audience, you know, your, 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 your people who are not necessarily in it for the fights. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people you know, people, people love are, underdogs. People love yeah, underdogs, which is exactly. why. That's a relatable story. You don't need to like fighting to, yeah. understand, to understand that story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is why the show you used to host was such a huge hit, American Idol, because every every contestant was <laughs> always go with American Idol bro. comparison. <laughs> no, people, hey, people American Idol was a story was, like that. That was one of our pegs, by the way. Oh, we were looking, at, we were looking at American Idol. Yeah, we were supposed to look at that. American Idol field. Right? I mean, you got Asian, Asian, right? Asian, right? <laughs> 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 we, yeah, got, we got yeah. tryouts coming up. We got the li- we got the lights yeah. out the door going around the corner, mm-hmm. and they're all packed. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love that you brought that up because people do love an underdog story because everyone, I mean, every single person in this world has felt adversity in some way so watching someone come out of adversity and just being a winner mm-hmm. you know see the light at the end of the tunnel it's a beautiful message i think it rashad evans said it he said that i think that's why fighting resonates with so much people it's because they project what they're going through with what's mm-hmm. happening inside the cage inside the ring because everyone can relate to you know getting their not being the underdog or getting like the odds stack against them. And yeah. it's stories like, um, uh, yeah, stamp or whoever, just that make fighting all the more, um, it's that Conor relatable. McGregor. Yeah, don't say that name. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Conor McGregor has an amazing underdog. Story. He does. He used to be a plumber. He does. He yeah. Does. Yeah. He's yeah. quick welfare. I, I remember like the interviews, he looked like a, he looks like a completely different person to what yeah. he is now. Yeah. No, yeah forever. I, I, I also love that. What's the name of his wife again? D D Devlin. She, and she stuck with him all throughout. She did. Exactly. She did. I love that. Man. Exactly. Awesome. I, I love that man. I I totally do. I mean, they used to live in her parents' house, I think, in in the attic or something like that, or his parents' house. He had that confidence in him, even though he was still yeah. like he had that way yeah. he talked. He was so visual with how he described mm-hmm. how he was gonna win. Yeah. This is the, the, vis- the visualization part. Too. The visualization actually really. Uh, it's such a big deal. It is a big mm. deal. And, and and it's interesting, you're right, because whenever he does talk about it, I'm like, yeah, he's this very, dude knows exactly what he's talking he's about. He's strangely yeah. detailed. Yeah. Did you see that um post that's him making his rounds? He was practicing that punch that knocked out Aldo. Yeah. Like Oh yeah, we saw that way back then. And yeah, I right? That. Like <laughs> it made it it's made it, it it has made its rounds like recently again. It I, I believe like, Fong didn't give Conor McGregor a chance against Aldo. I feel like we talked about picked, that briefly. I, I, no, I picked, <laughs> you picked I, Aldo. I, no, I picked, I picked Aldo, but I said, I remember my work. Was, uh, I think because Julio was trying to make a bet with me. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He he was right? trying to make Julio a bet with me he, too. Yeah, and he bet on Aldo. Yeah, he did. He did. He and even I said, tweeted. Yeah, and I he said, and I tweet. and I said, look, if I said if I could bet, I would bet on Aldo, but I'm giving Connor a puncher's chance. Is what I said. Hey, and he one. took it. He, he took, took it, it, dude. It really literally took one punch. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think if Aldo was that emotional, it would be different? I I, I don't think so. You still think he'd get it? I, I I think it would have been the same result. I think Connor just, just called just called it. It's the same. It's the same way. Um, uh, Masvidal called mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ben Askren's game plan 
like coming I'll out, go for coming out yeah. the gate, right? Because the way, like the way some of these fighters, when they think about their game plan, it's not just like, all right, this is what's going to happen, you know, in the first round, the second round. It's like, no, sometimes it's coming right out the gate. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm anticipating is going to happen. And if he does this, I do this. Immediately. And in, in, in the case of Masvidal and Connor and those two fights against Askren and, and, and Aldo, respectively, that's exactly what happened. Oof. That's Called very it. well put. Mm-hmm. That's very well put. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen often. So when it does, like that's your, that's your eureka moment in sports, right? That's the Michael Jordan game winner. Yeah. Right. Like, like when when things like that happen, and it sucks because like a lot of people who 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 are the more casual fans and don't, don't necessarily understand the fight game, like you know, they're kind of like, and I I understand it also because like they pay a lot of money and they're like, man, I wanted to see the fight and all that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you guys don't understand. This was the fight before the fight. Yeah. This was every, this was everything. Yeah. Watch the embedded. Watch the interviews. <laughs> They've been fighting for six months. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's not just them. It's also it's also their corners, their family, exactly. and all that. Yeah. Like, dude, okay, you brought it up earlier. Not like maybe not everyone can relate to uh not everyone can relate to Connor, but, but there are people who can relate to D. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you can you can make a story about that as well. Yeah. I mean, she was she was making his meals back when he couldn't afford a nutritionist and all that. Yeah, she she invested in him for sure. She's she's just as invested as he is. Exactly. And, and the same can be said about his coach, his best friend, his family. Yeah. All, I all mean, he pr- he prides himself on being on the same team from day one, and he still is on the same team. John Kavanaugh, yeah. um, the goat, Artem Lobov, um, <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Dennis, <laughs> the Russian Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> The guy who beat Pauli Malnagy in a bare knuckle boxing match. You always match. <laughs> That was impressive, though. Those are facts. facts. Those are facts. Those are facts. <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. Man. But yeah, it's it's the stories that keep us hooked, right? Sure. Like, I think that's the common misconception people have that like, oh, it's just the, the, the violence or just you want to see that. But yeah. no, it's it's the stories behind the fighters. You just see the 15 minutes that they display, but you don't see the six months of training camp. You don't see the weight cuts. You don't yeah. see the, the behind the closed doors. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's that's what I like about um, like the embedded and also the one warrior series, because it highlights that it highlights the journey. It highlights in between rounds. There we go. That's what I'm oh, talking oh, about. Is beautiful. How yeah. long have you been waiting to use that? <laughs> I was setting it up. I was setting it up. You full sound. Counter left, counter that. left. I love that. Yo, Dana White. That was smooth. That was smooth. Uncle Dana. <laughs> this is the kind of content you're looking for for the Asian market, Dana. <laughs> We're about to hit one hour. I, dude, I really feel like we should just have Fong and just talk about fights because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can keep going. It's so are you it's good, so insightful. You're so insightful. Yeah, you. Yeah, good? yeah, yeah, for All sure. Right, that's no problem. I just have to talk shop just a little bit. So now what's for the future with you? Like how, how do you see like MMA and how do you see yourself in the MMA industry and how to help it out? Yeah. It's so it's, it's a very, very weird time for me because I mean, since I left mm-hmm. Singapore and I left um, one championship, like it's as much as I try to, not think about MMA, not think about martial arts and all that, that what, what I went through for the last, you know, four or five years, and then even like the martial arts training in Muay Thai from the college years before that, mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in me, like, I, I, I don't know how to kick it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I've gone from, I've gone from having like one singular focus, which was one championship in the Warrior Series, 
to now having being completely unfocused but spreading myself very thin across a variety of things so like my days like i know i spend a lot of time reading i, I do a lot of trading i've been doing i've been in the markets almost like pretty much every day i trade a lot of crypto mm. um I, I'm, I'm also uh, looking at a lot of fintech and blockchain stuff going on here in the Philippines. I'm um, helping out with, you know, my brother with the family business and all that. Um, I started consulting on the side for for like a few a few projects. So it's like I'm I'm like kind of very very scattered, but then I still always kind of keep coming back to uh, sports in general. And, 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 and particular, particularly in martial arts. And I feel that there's still a lot to be done in terms of infrastructure mm-hmm. in, the, in the martial arts space. Like, I mean, I, I, I also don't want to leave it because I spent so much time building up a network. And the thing is, this network with martial, with, with, within combat sports, it's, it's a very small community here. Um, and in Asia in general, right? And that, that's not just for MMA. I'm talking about jiu-jitsu, I'm talking about Muay Thai, I'm talking about boxing. Um, I think there were a few promotions last year that started that started popping up. Um, as, as like even aside from URCC, um, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get involved in the event space. That's just not really where my mind is at. I really okay. care more. But I really care more about things um, at the grassroots level. I have floated around the idea from a martial arts standpoint of um, looking at maybe opening up a, a martial arts academy. Let's go. Mm, there we okay. go. Thought, thought about it. Um, but I mean, with COVID and all that, it's, mm-hmm. it's literally like in the back of my mind, but right. there are, there are a lot of things where I think that if I, I, I feel that with the things that I've seen in between Singapore and training around the world and, and, and with, you know, with I feel like you'd know exactly that, what to do to make it successful. Mm. Or I've seen, or I kind of seen the end product. I don't, not necessarily that I know what to do, but I know yeah. where it can be, and I know that the Philippines still has a long way to go. And anything yeah. I can do to help push that in the right direction, yeah. I'm happy to do. Whether it's as an academy owner, whether it's as a consultant, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to coach. I'm not good for coaching. I can't hold pads for shit. <laughs> I've, tried, I've, tried, I've tried. I'm not. I'm, okay. not, I'm not. I'm not a good. I'm not a good pad holder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would. I would. Maybe. Maybe. No, not coaching. But I would. I do want to get back into jujitsu though, because like I mean, I I haven't grappled since February since COVID started. I, I, am just I can't wait to box again. I can't wait. You can box. box though. You can box. Yeah. You oh, can well, box. the one I want to go to is still closed. So. Oh okay. Yeah. So that's for you, bro. Let's go. <laughs> well, man, if, if you if you start your own organization, you got your two commentators. Right yes, here. I do. I do. <laughs> you, right. you got you got, and, you got you got your John, John and yeah. you got your DC. Hey, I I ring announce for our Philippine uh, wrestling community here. So just oh, there you know, we go. Too. Yeah, like, you know, pro wrestling. Yeah, pro wrestling. Dude, he also Dude, does. Yo, South I want to go. To, oh man, I wish I went to those shows, man. I've seen videos. I've seen photos. That stuff is so fun. It is. It is super fun. But yeah, dude. Next, when when the world's less crazy, I'll yeah. I'll get you a ticket. Don't worry. You too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. But yeah, I'd love to see that. That'd be so cool. But as Gabe was saying, commentators, ring announcers, we got you, fam. Yeah, go. Coaches, I can coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I've seen I've seen what it takes to run an event. That's just not me. Yeah, that's <laughs> all good. Imagine. But I can help, help with the side. It's like, dude, think about it, right? Imagine, imagine this. You're in. In an event space, and I mean, you guys have worked events. 
how mm-hmm. everything that you plan for nothing goes according to plan so you're oh, sure. 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 always go. always imagine doing that with a sport like MMA where nothing also goes to plan and then you also have like risk with injuries and all this stuff and then yeah it's oh. like it's, it's like adding it's basically you're taking what is already uncertain and adding more uncertainty and more uncertainty let me get your take on this you two because i believe there's going to be a bill that might be passed here in the philippines that they're going to ban minors from joining um martial arts i, I heard about that what heard about that yeah yeah. You're joking. I'm Why? not joking. What, 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 what's the... You're joking. What's the, yeah, yeah. What's, um, the, what's, what's the deal? They said it's too dangerous. It's like they're still developing. They're still doing it. But they're competing with each other. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nutty, right? Wait, minors meaning under 18? Under 18. Mm-hmm. So that, include, that includes training? Yeah. That's well, ridiculous. Training's fine, but no competition. They're not allowed. Like, Dude, I would, I would fight that's that. That's ridiculous. Right? I would... I would okay. I... Well, now you just gave me something to do. I'm literally going to pick up a battle axe and I will fight. <laughs> there you check go. it out. That, Seriously, that, that there is, you go. That is, that is bullshit. Yeah, check that it is. out. I, I don't know if it's about to be passed or it's been passed, but yeah, everyone had so much backlash online. Brandon Bear posted about but it. But dude, Manny, but Manny's in the same. Exactly, exactly, exactly. How did this get through? I don't know. Like, there, I think, honestly, like with this COVID thing, they're just running out of things like, oh, what do we do now? Let's, oh, let's pass this <laughs> oh, What do we do now? Let's do something. Okay, I'll tell you what, man. I was I was pissed off about the face mask thing. This really has just set me over the edge. No. Oh, yeah. way. Wow, that is unbelievable. Yeah, man. that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah, because like, you're how are you supposed to find your Sage Northcuts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're literally talking about like the one umbrella of sports. I, I consider martial arts as like one umbrella yeah. of sports that, that organizes children and yeah. teaches them discipline and of course hard work mm-hmm. from a very Humbling. young age from a yes. very young age absolutely oh my god that is that's frustrating man. that's that's like a very healthy for kids to be in competition martial arts wise growing up because that's here let me let me read it out to you okay shout outs to tiebreaker times what's up nissi shout oh, out to you go. sir so two members of the house representatives have filed a bill seeking to ban minors from participating in martial arts competitions Banning uh, minors from full contact com- competitive sports is authored by Aco Bico Party list representatives Alfredo Garbin. Oh, we're putting them on blast, but whatever. It seeks to <laughs> prohibit the participation of Filipinos who belong uh, the age 18, uh, under 18, in competitive full contact sports. And they quote, such responsibility is imposed on parents, guardians, schools, and sports associations because the minors are in incapacitated to give consent nor can they waive any right of action for injuries inflicted upon them during and in connection with such activities but it's the parents that sign off yeah so for this offense the fine is fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand pesos will be imposed while the second offense will see a hundred thousand pesos and a revocation of business permit for the third offense, a tab of 200,000 pesos will be handed and closure of establishment. So classified under full-to-contact sports is boxing, wushu, jiu-jitsu, muay thai, judo, karate, taekwondo, wrestling, arnis, wow, uh, kickboxing, and uh, penaxilat. The hearing of the bill will be set on Wednesday with representatives from 11 sports associations from the Philippines, Olymp- uh, Philippine Olympic Committee, Department of Education, Department of Health, Coordinating uh, Council of Private Education. So that's a that's lot. Ridiculous. When, when, when did this news break? This news broke out. Where is that? Um, 
Where is that? This is a recent thing. I feel like I just saw this like late last week. Um, let me oh, my God. News. This was a week ago. There you go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That is, that is potentially game changing. I know, dude. But you know what? There's a lot of uh, people that are defending a, a, like the revocation of this bill. So hopefully they come to our senses. Because, dude, we're Filipinos. We're fighters. Dude, Manny the Pacquiao. Fi- the Philippines is about yeah. to have an underage fighting underground organization. Hey, yo, we're if about you're looking to go for underground. Com- if you guys are looking for commentators, like Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could be birthing something new here. Yeah, but God, don't do this. No, they shouldn't. They yeah, absolutely it- shouldn't. It would be yeah, crazy that's... if they're. It would be crazy if they're competing with people uh, like different ages. But if they're competing with their own age group and like the rules are set, come on. Yeah, I don't think there's again. It's one of those things wherein, as any other country, out of border. Why do we need? Why do we need to be the first? Why do you? Why do you think that? This, why do you think? Do you even have any data that suggests this? Exactly. exactly. Do you think kids even have the power to actually create Not... like Trump knockout power or create like? Like, like, like damage to themselves? No. I mean, they're they in full protective gear. They have just, dude, they have just as much uh, 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 of a risk in other sports as well. If you hit, like, you know, if yeah, you're, exactly. Full if you run it, yeah, you run into someone playing full basketball clip. or soccer. Controlled or environment. Like yeah. It just shows that the people passing this have never they tried to fight. Run, before. Yeah. They've, no, they've yeah. never experienced it. They've never seen the discipline that it instills. They just see it as violence. They exactly. don't see they don't see the character it builds. They don't see the discipline. They don't see the pride it brings when they see a Filipino fighter represent the country in a big exactly. stage. So if I if I had if I had my martial arts school open, I would take them to a kids class and I would show you how much fun those kids are having and how exactly. it looks like yeah. the least dangerous thing ever. Mm, exactly. Or you know, I would show them Cub Swanson versus Doohu Choi. Jesus you know, Christ! Like, hey, this is hey. it. <laughs> Are you for or against this bill? <laughs> but no, yeah, but man. yeah, man, that's ridiculous. It's something that's it feels like you're just doing it out of boredom. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, they're just trying they're just trying to, I guess, appear productive. They haven't had competitions all year, so what are they basing this off of? Exactly. My thoughts exactly. They don't have any data. There's no data out sure. there that, that, that suggests that. Dang. Sorry, Fong. I feel like I, I worked you up now. Like uh, I, you and Gabe are all worked he's, up. He's, 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 awake. he's awake. He's good. Mm-hmm. No, but see, like I said, you gave you gave me incentive. And like I, you know, I, I I'm here, I'm in between I'm in between jobs and lack of focus, but trying to find different things and all, my hand in like all these different things. Like you literally mm-hmm. gave me incentive, like I said. To pick up a battle axe and fight that. Let's go. Let's go, son. That is, dude, that this is a championship round. The championship, dude. Fong just sat in the stool and he's like, "Yo, this is the championship round, son." Gabe, watch <laughs> giving you that pep talk. This is your battle this axe you need to carry, sir. Fong's gonna get that finish. Fong's gonna get that finish. Yeah, you can go for broke. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna swing for the fences. This is it. This is the fifth round in John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson one. Why do you gotta bring this that up? It. It's such a heart. First, first one, the first matchup they had. Yeah, the it, was hard, it was heartbreaking, man. I had Gus that fight. Same. Okay. Before we close this out, uh, goat. Who's the real MMA goat? I gotta oh ask God, you. Don't. Don't. <laughs> do not even. Who's bring the goat? This up. Who's uh, the goat? You're, t- you're talking about all in. All, all in. in goat, or are you talking about like pure uh, skill, like what I see in the ring? Let's have okay, two. Let's do both. Let's do, let's both. do both. Let's, let's do, both. do both. Artem right. Lobov. <laughs> Artem Lobov and Pauli Malnagy. All right. All, all in. All, all in. in. I go with uh, I go with DJ. 
I knew it. Demetrius Thank you. Here. Say Demetrius. Thank you. We talked. Yeah. No, but the, no, but the other, the, the other, the other pick, um, Full pack. John, John Jones. Okay. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Yeah. People are sleeping on DJ. Like they, they think it. It just sucks that he didn't get. He's that a complete much. fighter. He is so complete. Did you see when he threw? I mean, guys, just show him the video of him throwing someone into an arm bar. That's something out of a fighting game. Yeah, it was so funny. I remember we were in uh, <laughs> what was I, 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 we were we were in this this, this one group chat uh, with with the company, and when DJ did that. Um, like we, like, like we went off, right? Because, you know, Matt, Matt Hume, right? He's with, uh, he's a matchmaker for one championship. Right. And I, I forgot what, he, he coined the name, the, the name of the move. And he okay. wrote it down in the chat. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but literally we were like, Matt, what the hell was that? He, he did and then he said, yeah, that's the- It was an angle I, slam. I, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot <laughs> what it was called. It, 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 five. It, no, it had something to do with like the- the Wiz or the Wizard something. Because, you know, it's okay. Matthew the Wizard, right? Right. Um, Shining Wizard. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but yeah, that was quite impressive. And Jones, well, I don't know. Gabe's a huge fan of Jones. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a huge fan of Jones. Out of, out, of, out of the cage stuff, I mean, John Jones has a lot of flaws. Yeah. So you don't, th- do you, so, because. Straight up in the cage, that dude, I've never seen anyone use his, Physique and yeah. I guess his like skinny like, shins. How, how he's built his reach, the knee, the elbows, the elbows, the creativeness like, and striking. The low, the, yeah. the low tape kick and the elbows are mm-hmm. unlike anything I've ever seen. And his and his build is perfect for that. Yeah, That's I mean, cool. name me, name me another person that beat DC after a weekend of cocaine. You know, like just name me another person who's done that. Look, I, I would consider cocaine. Or those rhino pills. Yeah. <laughs> those dick pills from the gas station. So with Jones going up to heavyweight, what's your take on that? Like, do you think he'll find success there or will he finally be so. tested? I think so. I think so. I think I think he's he's been due for a long time. I wish he did I wish he had done it sooner. Yeah. Um but I think he'll still find some success. But again, it's it, it's very different when you're up at heavyweight because those guys, when they hit you, dude, any one any one of those punches can knock you down. Yeah. Right. That's so you, you know, it's yeah. like we, and we've seen Jones get hit before. It's just that nothing really phases him at least yeah. in that division. Mm-hmm. If he gets he rolls hit, with the punches very well. Yeah, and who is it? Who is it that tested him recently? Um, Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dominic Reyes was, t- was touching him up. Yeah. Yeah. I was thought he fight. won that fight. Thought he won it, but man, Magnum you Opus. Wanna be the, you want to be the champ? You got to beat it. the champ. Mark. Take him out. Mark. Take <laughs> him out. So, yeah, Jonathan, that's been a real fun episode. I, I feel like we should have you more and we no, should we'll just like, talk back. about. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it, it was it was awesome knowing about your story, and I think you could bring it up even more because you have such a deep perspective and it's d- such deep understanding when it comes to fighters. And now I understand why you became best friends with all these fighters. Like you, you change yeah. lives, dude, and I'm pretty sure they changed your life as well. Yeah, man, they gave me a totally different perspective, and like it's it, it's funny because now that I look at life after one, I look back at my time there, and I'm like, all right. I know what I got for myself, but what is it now that I can 
bring now to you know yeah. Ooh, my friends, my family. Pay it forward, right? That, yeah, how do, yeah. How do, exactly. How do I pay it forward? And honestly, it's just an appreciation. Like what those guys taught me is really just having an appreciation for life. Like all the stuff, nice. that all the stuff that we're doing is like, yeah, everyone's caught up and busy doing their own thing and all that stuff. But I don't know. I guess after seeing what I've seen. I need to find, I, I, still, I still haven't found a way to properly communicate it, but I need to find a way to communicate those same messages to other people. I just need to find the right outlet because for me, like, I don't feel like, I feel like I actually just have a better understanding of mm-hmm. what's going on and what's important and all and, and, and that kind of thing. And not necessarily what I want to do and what I want direction, but I know what's good, what's not the right mm-hmm. approach, that kind of thing. And I'm still trying to find ways to articulate it and get that message out. And at some point, it'll, it'll get done. But I know, yeah. that that's, I know that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. Dude, that's, that's the first awesome, step, man. man. Mm-hmm. And you saying you know where you it in this be. podcast and saying it to the world, that's just the, you putting it out in the Manifestation. Mm-hmm. That's Boom. the secret right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and part of the reason also why I said it, I said it is so now that I have to do it. You got to follow um, through. Yeah, 11 million are listening. There are 11 million so, people listening. Well, so I hold myself accountable. Yeah, exactly. there you go. Well, I think half of them are passed out with all the Conor McGregor references. You probably had less of them because uh, I because I was on talking most of the time. So you <laughs> probably had less, like half, half the shots this time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you know, we actually didn't. Um, there's just still a lot of stuff that we plan to talk we, about. So, dude, part two, part two, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can do we can do part two as many parts as you guys like. Yeah. A lot to unpackage. But for now, Jonathan Fong, thank you so much. Is there anyone you want to thank? Anything you want to plug? You have the floor, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout outs to my one championship family and obviously my one warrior series, uh, Ohana family. Like those guys changed my life. They gave me like what. I look back on now will probably be the best years of my life, or at least the most, I don't know, life changing, fulfilling. Yeah. Life, life changing. It was one of those like very pivotal times in my life where I just experienced so much. I felt like Mm -hmm. I had literally three or four lifetimes packed in three. Boom. Here's an idea. If we do, you should say that. Okay. Cause I was about to say, it sounds like you've lived a full life doing one warrior and you just, I lived three. You've lived multiple lifetimes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was going to say, here's an idea. I know me and Gabe were talking about having retrospective episodes. Maybe we could have like a one, uh, a series with you to, to revisit the fighters that you brought up as a retrospective. Yeah. 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 We can do that. Absolutely. Boom. There you go. And Dana White, don't forget Jonathan Fong, mm-hmm. contender series. Contender. All this man out. <laughs> yeah. I like, see, I like this. I mean, part of the reason, I guess, I would, also be really interesting for me to, to, to come back and hang out with you guys it gives me another reason to get back in touch with martial arts because like yeah let's go other, otherwise it's honestly it's outside of my my, my yeah you know, radar i mean it's fun just to talk about it you know like it's, yeah you know not necessarily not necessarily being in the industry but just being like an observer a common and it's nice it's nice now because that's a, that's the thing that i lost like being like in in the game yeah. and being like behind those doors and running yeah running the business side. Like, I, lo- I lost this yeah, yeah I, lo- I lost this part and there was there was a time where it became difficult for me wow um, yeah yeah because I, I mean it's just, like, just yeah you're just being rigged and you see everything right from the backstage mm-hmm. to the matchmaking like I was doing I was also doing the matchmaking for our, our fighters okay. which I can talk about some of that stuff also as well mm-hmm. uh, there we go sure. boom that was fun man that stuff ooh, that was a lot of fun 
Yeah, but I'm glad that this uh, this conversation kind of rekindled it, and hopefully we see more of you in this podcast. And I'm sure that the 11 million out there are now fans of exactly. Jonathan Fong. Gabe, anything we got to plug before we just sign our out? Instagram? You know, mm-hmm. don't forget to follow us at In Between Rounds PH on Instagram. That's Ooh. the best place for all mm-hmm. the updates. Yeah, all you, the good get- stuff. Gabe was live updating the UFC 256 event. That was awesome. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome yeah. stuff. So, yeah, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for In Between Rounds on behalf of Gabe, me, and Jonathan Fong. We will see you at the next round. Boom. Done. <laughs>